0: Hi, this is Jenna with Illuminate My Life Counseling, I'm the owner and psychotherapist here. Today I got the chance to talk with one of my other therapists about being overwhelmed. She gives a little bit of advice on what to do when you're feeling overwhelmed, but also discusses some of her own feelings of being overwhelmed. So I'm here with Sharon today, Sharon's one of our psychotherapists at Illuminate My Life Counseling. Uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit about the overwhelmed brain. Sharon currently has a whole lot going on in her life from 47 clients, working on moving, preparing for her exam, and balancing work and personal life. So Sharon, tell us a little bit about how it is to try to balance everything going on right now on top of the whole pandemic thing.
1: (laughs) Um, it, It has been a struggle. Um, it, it can be very emotionally draining, even for us as professionals. Mm-hmm. So when we give advice to our clients who come and say, I'm feeling overwhelmed, typically the advice that I'm instilling in my clients is advice that I'm trying to also practice. Okay. Um, and so when I have clients that come in and say, you know, I'm just really overwhelmed today. Um, when I say, I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. very genuine like Uh I'm telling you like no I'm in the same position as you but it's not you know this isn't about me so Mm -hmm. I always make sure that what I'm doing is just being very empathetic to them while Mm -hmm. letting them know that this is a common struggle for many people including Mm -hmm. myself okay so what kind of advice do you give your clients when they're overwhelmed What I tend to ask my clients to do is prioritize what's overwhelming them. If there is something, because many of my clients will say, well, I just have so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, okay, well, break it down. What's what's one of the things that you think is the most important or giving you the most stress? Focus on that. Um, And so that tends to help, like, alleviate some of the the extra things that kind of add up. Mm-hmm. They know that they're not as important to to resolve as it is this one that's causing the most stress. Okay.
0: So how do you do at kind of prioritizing the different things on your plate
1: right now? I'm going to be completely transparent and say right now I'm not doing that. And that is because everything is coming together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, I'm moving. I'm moving from Quite a distance away, like I've lived out in uh, Leonel County for the past 28 years. So I've accumulated a lot of stuff being, Uh living out there. And now I'm moving into a new county. So I'm like, quite a travel. So trying to be like, oh my goodness, you know, renting all this stuff to haul all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just right around the corner. That my exam is next Friday. Uh So how do I pack and study at the same time? So I'm not doing the best that i could do okay to prioritize things right now (laughs) okay
0: so if you were to kind of weigh out moving versus exam what would you say is the biggest priority out of those two things because both are very important
1: both are very important and both are on time frames Mm -hmm. um so where i'm at right now is the moving is happening before my exam okay so i need to focus on that okay um and I say that because the information on the exam is in my head. I do know the information. I, okay. I, I do this, I'm in this practice and doing this for over a year now. Um, so I'm more comfortable with, I can pull that knowledge to the forefront when I need to. Okay. So what I need to study for really will only take me a couple of days to, okay. to review and refresh. Okay. Um, so I know that that's something that can wait. However, my anxiety over the exam is so much worse than my anxiety over moving. Okay,
0: so let's look at a scaling question a little bit. Scale of one to 10, where would you say your anxiety is? In general or on each specific thing? Let's say in general with everything on your plate. I will have to say Currently, right now, today, I'm at an 8. An 8. Okay, so that's pretty high then. Yes. All right. So what, what are your plans on bringing that anxiety down a little
1: bit, even if it's just for today? Lots of positive self-talk. Okay. I think that's always important to, to do that and say, you know, I... I the. So many things are out of our control, mm-hmm. but what we can control are the things that we need to be focused on. Mm-hmm. Like I can control how I'm going to react to something. Okay. It takes a lot of self-discipline. It takes a lot of practice. I use I use grounding techniques every day with my anxiety. Okay. What are grounding techniques? Grounding techniques is something that I use um, personally and give my clients whenever they talk about having anxiety, and that is really Using your five senses to mm-hmm. ground you in the present moment. Um, for my clients that do know me, they know that I don't have the best hearing and or sight. Okay. So those two senses are my weaker sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, my sense of touch is very, like, my predominant. Okay. Um, so what I tend to do is wear clothing that is soft to the touch. So okay. when I start to feel anxiety, I ground myself by touching that material. Okay. And I count... I count my head and I work on my breathing, so the second that the moment I can get my heart rate to slow down, my anxiety mm-hmm. will decrease, and I do that again by my sense of touch, my breathing, and counting
0: okay, so would you say part of that is if you can make yourself more comfortable, then you start to feel better?
1: absolutely, okay, mm-hmm. all right.
0: I really like the grounding techniques. My favorite mm-hmm. one is trying to focus on all five techniques, starting with yep. one object mm-hmm. and going in as much detail as possible
1: mm-hmm. to distract the mind. Exactly. And they say, you know, the more senses you can utilize into it, the better, mm-hmm. um, which, again, is what I do do too, but I start with my predominant sense, okay. and then I go from there.
0: Okay. All right. So going back to anxiety a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the exam, where on that scaling question is your anxiety in regards
1: to your upcoming exam? I would say I'm at a nine and okay. come the, of the day of the exam I'll be at a ten and over.
0: Okay. All right. So so like panic attack kind of <laughs> yes. mode? Yes.
1: Okay. Um I and this is something that I've uh struggled with since elementary school. Mm-hmm. Test anxiety has always been a huge struggle for me and um, you know, as a child you didn't understand really coping and techniques and how do I calm myself down mm-hmm. you just kind of did the best you could for sure. as an adult yes I understand now ways to calm myself down um but you know I think every person experiences moments where you can use techniques but you're still going to feel that anxiety for
0: sure for sure so a nine so. and then it's going to get to a 10 or above yes all right when did you say that exam is Next Friday, the yep. 9th. The 9th, okay. So tell us a little bit about it, that exam. What is the exam in regards to?
1: The exam is in regards to, um, this is what we call the licensing exam. It's to be fully licensed as a therapist or a social worker. I apologize, my degree is social work. So it's mm-hmm. to be a fully licensed social worker. Okay. And it covers every criterion for um, social work. Okay. Okay. And it's very generalized, so it's not necessarily what you would do as an individual, but what everyone should be doing as a professional of the so, in social work.
0: And that could be difficult if you have a bunch of different social workers from a bunch of different kind of... Yes. Specs.
1: Yes, absolutely, because we social work is such a, a, a broad... Profession and we're each in different categories, I guess. Sure, I sure. So this applies to everything So I never worked in a hospital, but there's going to be questions about a social worker in a hospital setting Which okay. I don't have that knowledge per se because I've never worked in a yeah, hospital sure. um, And so it's things like that so and the most difficult part of the exam is You have four choices to choose from with the question two of those four are correct answers, uh-huh. but you have to choose the first thing that you would do, okay. or the which one is the better of the two. Uh-huh. So it's kind of comes down to being a fifty-fifty shot. You know, you got two for good sure. answers, so
0: for sure. And from what I remember of the exam, sometimes actually all four answers are right, and you right. have to pick the very best one. That is yes, and that's some true. of them are very very similar too. Very so similar. it's just a
1: difference between one word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so and they and they do tell you that there's keywords within the question. Mm-hmm. So if you can start to recognize those keywords and put into that theory or method of how, what you use, you should be able to narrow it down.
0: Okay, for sure. How many questions do you have on your exam? 170. Okay, how long does that usually take you
1: or a person in general? They give you 4 hours to complete it. Okay. Um so you get you get you get plenty of time um mm-hmm. but it's it's a very secure lockdown setting. You can't okay. just get up and move around. you have to ask no. permission to leave the room. You can't take anything in with you, so it is a very controlled environment okay um my problem with when because of the anxiety I have i rush I rush oh, okay. myself gotcha um, so I'm learning how to slow down okay. and take my time take breaks when they need to because you are allowed to you have to raise your hand they'll let you out and bring you back in so i do believe i have to utilize those kind of privileges this time around
0: oh absolutely i definitely think that could be helpful for Mm -hmm. you and for anybody that's going in to take any sort of exam really Mm -hmm. okay so what kind of advice would you have for others that are going to take just other exams in general not not necessarily a
1: social work exam just Mm -hmm. exams in general on exams in general, um, you know, do your studying to where you're comfortable. Um, I suggest not to study the day of for a lot of people just because it can become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lot of information to take in, so you have to give your mind kind of a rest. Okay. Um, and so it, it, in doing adequate self-care... I think is important to, um, for me, you know, the day before the exam, I, I review, I don't hardcore study, I review, um, Mm -hmm. maybe I'll do something special for myself the night before, maybe help me sleep a little better at night, Mm -hmm. um, things like that, uh, you know, using my grounding techniques is important, I think, for anyone that has test anxiety, use those grounding techniques, Mm -hmm. um, Remember to breathe. Okay. Yep, that's a good one. That's a good you, one. It's so important to have a normal heart rate when uh-huh. you're taking any, any kind of exam because if you're, that heart rate's going, you're more focused on your sensations in your body and mm-hmm. you're not letting your mind, um, do its job.
0: Okay. Is it true that when the brain kind of come, becomes overreactive, stuff like that, your anxiety increases, your breath isn't right, but also it kind of raises your temperature, which automatically makes people Mm -hmm. feel pretty bad and crummy
1: physically? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, anxiety can really wear out your body as a whole. Um, you know, a lot of people will feel after having high anxiety, like all you want to do (laughs) is sleep afterwards because it's exhausting Mm -hmm. Um, it takes it physically and emotionally it it takes a lot out of you okay
0: absolutely absolutely so out of curiosity just kind of a simple question but would you recommend others that are going into a big exam to have as much on their plate as you do
1: currently no (laughs) it's very it's ill-advised um you know, it, and if I had time to cancel my exam and push it a, farther back from when I was going to move, I would have. The move came on suddenly, it was very okay. unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why, if, if it was something I could have planned better, I definitely would have. Okay. Um, because yeah, it, it is too much. I will admit, I have too much on my plate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to find boundaries for myself. Um, I know last week I had mentioned to, to you and our other therapists that, you know, I'm not taking new clients. I need mm-hmm. to slow down. Absolutely. Um, and I went back on my own word yesterday and I took two more. Okay. And I did that. <laughs> One, I feel mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very important when people find me on website or they are referred to me by a, a specific person that Thought that highly of me as a professional that they wanted to recommend me, mm-hmm. or I got chosen through mm-hmm. um, my website. It's hard for me to say no to someone who's like, you know what? I saw your, you just connected with me in, in your, in your bio, biography. And I was like, wow, I can't really say no to that. Okay. Um, and however, and, and I did, uh, we ended services with other clients. So I felt, okay, I, two spots opened. I'll fill two spots. So now I'm back to saying I'm not going to take any more until I at least get through next Friday. Okay. So
0: curiosity, what is your game plan in the future? Because it is a self-esteem booster when you do have clients specifically looking for you. But it's also important that you do set your boundaries, especially especially as a
1: clinician. So what is your game plan? My game plan is when I feel like I am back to um, the ability to take more clients I'm going to. In the meantime, you know, I think what I really need to do is thank them for, um, you know, one, putting trust into me Mm -hmm. um, to think that, you know, they would, you know, come to see me and and I appreciate it so very much. But I also work with an amazing group. I have Mm -hmm. an amazing team, very qualified therapists in our office that would be just as great to do the job. Okay. you know, referring to my colleagues. Um, and then, you know, when I feel enough is off my plate, mm-hmm. I will go back to it because it's important. I want to give each of my clients 100%. For sure. And if I am running myself down and um, not taking well care of my own mental health, Mm -hmm. how am I going to be effective for them? For
0: sure, for sure. Also, I want to mention that if clients are coming to you because they liked your bio Mm -hmm. and because they thought you were a good match, they're also going to trust
1: your opinion of the people you send them to or recommend them to. Exactly, yes, exactly. And so that is me just, you know, having to set those boundaries and know that I can put myself first too. It's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. That is also life learning oh, <laughs> experience God. for me putting myself first has never been something i am used to doing okay um but again this is something that i uh, talk to my clients about on a daily basis of, mm-hmm. it's okay to put yourself first and so i have to again practice what i preach Yeah. know my limitations okay um and you know guide them where i guide myself okay for
0: sure so curiosity mm-hmm. Uh, Throughout your life, have you always put yourself on the back burner?
1: A hundred percent, yes.
0: Okay, all right. How do you feel about the idea that if you always put yourself on the back burner, you can't be a hundred percent you to help others with the hundred percent effort?
1: And that's so accurate. It's so true. Mm -hmm. You have to, if you are not appreciative of yourself, You're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to help others appreciate themselves Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, clients come to us with the hopes that we're going to help them change things in their lives that they find has been challenging and or um, unhealthy. For sure. If we are continuing to do unhealthy things to ourselves, Mm -hmm. how can we guide them to do better? For sure. Um, I have clients say, so what do you do? Uh-huh. Just like you're asking yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. And if I go, oh, I don't do that, uh-huh. why would they listen to me? Exactly, exactly. So, But this is something that I've really learned about myself in the last almost three years. Okay. Up until three years ago, I definitely never put myself first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, And at first, not only was it a challenge for me, it was a challenge to my family and friends. For sure. Because they were like, wait a minute, you're not dropping everything for me? Uh-huh. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. It's like, whoa, you set boundaries. <laughs> it was shocking for uh-huh. a lot of people in my life. Okay. But the majority, more than the majority, I would say, was like, well, good for you, Sharon. Oh, what took so long? And I was like, well, uh-huh. <laughs> Okay.
0: So curiosity, even as a clinician, it's really hard to set boundaries. How was it set for you to set boundaries in the beginning? Very hard in the beginning. Okay.
1: Got better the more I continued to do it. But as I stated earlier, clearly I I, I slack in it once Mm -hmm. in a while. Mm -hmm. But the difference is... I recognize that. Okay, I would not sure. have recognized that before three years ago. Mm-hmm. That was just who I was. And awareness is everything. Oh, self-awareness is everything. And so now I do recognize when I'm doing it. Okay. And I say, okay, this is the last last time. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, I do go back to to putting up those boundaries. Okay. Um, Again, you know, I feel like, yes, I took two new clients, but I lost two clients. So okay. I feel like... Did I, you did, lose them or did I, they graduate? I apologize. I didn't lose them. They graduated. Okay. Um, they met their goals, Um, mm-hmm. you know. And so, again, when we talk about when you meet those goals and there is no, you know, you're like, I'm very emotionally stable. Mm-hmm. You don't want to drag it out. Oh, for They're sure. They're always welcome to come back and they know that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, you know, I graduated them and then I thought, well, I do have room, so I'm not going to say no to these two new people. For sure. Um. But... Back on back on track after you know for now until next Friday.
0: <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. So the biggest thing with boundaries is you have to be consistent at setting them. You got to know you're gonna fall backwards mm-hmm. here and there because you're human, whether you're a clinician or mm-hmm. just a general public person. Absolutely. But as long as you can stay consistent, that's what helps you to kind of build those boundaries, those healthy relationships overall, mm-hmm. too, because that's what you need is some yes. healthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. All right. So out of curiosity, you said you have 47 clients right now, correct? Correct. All right. So how are you balancing that right now with the moving and the prepping for your exam?
1: Very carefully. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. It, it, it has been a, a juggle. Um. And and what I've been saying to myself is this is a short-term situation right now. I'm not going to be moving forever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's, you know, it's going to calm back down. Um, You know, the important pieces, too, is, you know, trying to be as flexible as possible and trying to help educate my clients too to be flexible as well. For sure. We, we all have busy schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand we're, we we all are, you know, we're working our busy jobs. We have families to take care of, but you know, if I'm being as, as flexible as possible, I kind of ask clients to also like, you know what, this week I can't see you at that normal time. Okay. Is there any way that we can see you at a different time next week? You know, and just trying to to do that because, again, with 47 clients, things can't always be consistent in my schedule. Things got to change up. Um, And so, yeah, most of my clients are very willing to change things around. They understand that. Um, If it doesn't work for a week, well, then, you know, we'll try again next week. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so far, fingers crossed, I haven't had a complete, like, catastrophe with it. That's good. That's Um, good. Everyone seems to be, you know, happy with the way things are going and, and mm-hmm. when I can get them in. Okay. Um, you know, and I always, I have this policy too with my clients that if they're having a day, like if we can't see each other for that week, but they're struggling and they're mm-hmm. having a really hard time, reach out to me, let me know those things. Let me sure. help you through that crisis and then we'll reconvene in another week. Okay. So them knowing that I'm here and I'm available even if they can't have a session for sure for to just do a touch in or you know, a touch uh, not touch um check in check in thank yes. you Jenna you're welcome you, you saw that look where I'm like what am I say? <laughs> that's
0: okay we all have um, those moments <laughs>
1: like, so it, it, they they feel so much more comfortable knowing they can have a check in with me and for I will sure. be there. I, I can't give them the full 45 minutes, but mm-hmm. I can do that for them.
0: Okay. So that for makes a sure. difference. So when it comes down to the balance of everything, really what it comes down to is the boundaries again. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. It's the
1: boundary issue. Um, and I—that that is m- my goal is to get back on board with my boundaries and allow myself to service my clients than I have mm-hmm. um, while I'm trying to get through this transition of my own life. Okay. Um, changes
0: <laughs> for sure for mm-hmm. sure all right so balancing work and personal life anything extra kind of going on and at the time that all this is going on because we know the obvious of mm-hmm. the whole pandemic is happening yes. so there's a whole lot of increases in mental health concerns yes. stuff like that has that contributed to any of your overwhelmed feelings over the last couple weeks
1: some of it has um and that is because I have clients that, you know, high anxiety over the pandemic, how to make them feel safe and secure mm-hmm. while also being realistic that there's no guarantees. Okay. For sure. Um, so that can be, that's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we all have our own opinions of what's happening in the world today. Oh, for sure. And so trying to be very fact-based. And also reassuring. Uh-huh. This is a hard balance. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. How is
0: your balance with everything? Do you feel like you have a balance? Because I know we have some people that are on the paranoid side. Some mm-hmm. people are on the I don't really care side. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people that are balanced. They care, but they're not paranoid about right. it. So mm-hmm. where
1: where's your balance? Um, I I would say I'm balanced in the middle. Like I'm being very diligent about my own. Safety, or health. You know, and I wear my mask and mm-hmm. I keep my distance, and you know I'm not touching other people. And mm-hmm. um, you know I'm I'm trying to go about my life as routine and normal as possible, while okay. being still aware that there we are in the middle of a pandemic and that's not going to go away. Uh huh. Um, but you know I'm still getting out in the world. I I see my clients face to face. Okay. Um. You know, I, I do the necessity things I need to do. I'm not doing, you know, I'm not going out and socializing in groups and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm being very cautious while also being realistic of living my life. Okay, for sure, for sure. So yes. you're still living, but you're being cautious. Yes, All and right. I think that's the the best we can do. I, I totally empathize with those that are more on the paranoid side, and mm-hmm. and I use that term kind of almost cringing because I don't want to make it sound like that's a bad thing that they're doing uh-huh. um you know it's they have their fears and fears are legitimate you know yes. I and with fears
0: comes reaction mm-hmm. and reaction mm-hmm. is that paranoia
1: yes yes mm-hmm. and so we do try to talk about that in in you know the best way that we can mm-hmm. um and just with a lot of reassurance a lot of understanding like you know sure. they're entitled to have those fears oh, they're for entitled sure. to have those feelings mm-hmm. um And then people that are like, I don't think this is a big deal at all. Again, they're entitled to their opinion. They're entitled to their feelings. For sure. But that's where education comes in on both sides, educating those that are at the high end of the spectrum to the lower end of the spectrum.
0: Absolutely. Which is why, really, as a clinician, you have to have that balance because you Mm -hmm. are going to have clients on both sides of the spectrum. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So that does sound like an extra stressor on top of everything else (laughs) that you're going through right now. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what kind of advice are you going to give yourself in all of this?
1: My advice that I've been giving myself is: this is a short term situation that I'm in. Mm-hmm. There is end in sight. Okay. Um, being mindful to catch myself when I'm becoming too high anxiety. Mm -hmm. use my own coping skills, um, positive self-talk. I have to keep doing that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, you know, reminding myself, too, that this point in my life right now is not the hardest and most challenging I have ever lived through. Okay, for sure. All right. So understanding that this is not the worst I've been through. Mm -hmm. I have been through worse, and I managed through that. Okay. And what did I do at those times? Kind of reminding sure. myself of those things, too. Like, this is okay. this is challenging, but this isn't my rock bottom that I've been at before. All right.
0: So you have your evidence reminding
1: you yes. that you can get through this next obstacle. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. And my move is a positive thing, and I have oh, to sure. I keep reminding myself, yes, the, the, the hard work and the stress involved in getting to there, but the end result is like something I've been waiting for for years okay so remembering that like this is a great thing this is a wonderful change in in this again is temporary
0: for sure I've got to say I'm really excited about your move (laughs) because I am super excited to randomly stop by your house and just be like oh coffee time let's do this
1: girl yes I am very excited I I feel like I'm going to be like in the mix of the real world again like you know having neighbors as cows and horses forever and now I got like actual people and neighbors and you know I'm next to some amazing hiking trails I'm just so excited and so yeah it's gonna be a great thing
0: all right so there's good things to come yes so to kind of sum up some of the things we've discussed uh, going back to summing up some of the things that we can try when we're feeling overwhelmed mm-hmm. I'll name some of them but you got to name the ones that I forgot about that okay. we talked about because I know we talked about a few so one of the biggest ones that keeps popping onto my mind is boundaries are important when you're feeling overwhelmed whether it's boundaries with yourself mm-hmm. boundaries with other people Boundaries with your animal, for goodness' sake! Yes. I don't know. That's, absolutely.
1: No, that's true. I have to close the door on my dog sometimes because, like, okay. I can't use the bathroom by myself. Just oh. Once. Oh, come on! No boundaries. All right. So, boundaries is the big one that
0: keeps popping on my mind. You said positive self-talk can be very helpful mm-hmm. when you're feeling overwhelmed. Yes. What are some of the other ones that that you kind of mentioned? Throughout?
1: Prioritizing.
0: Prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a very big one.
1: Handle the things that are causing the most stress. Okay. Perfect.
0: So, so there's some very good advice there. Um, let's thank Sharon for giving us the time today to kind of go through how to kind of deal with our own overwhelmed minds as she's going through her own Mm -hmm. overwhelming situations. Mm -hmm. So, so thank you for being here today, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you everyone who listens. We absolutely super appreciate Sharon taking the time to discuss not only what it's like to feel overwhelmed with everything on her plate, but also for sharing some advice for others who are uh, suffering from an overwhelmed mind. This also goes to show that even clinicians have their moments when they have difficulties prioritizing a super full schedule. Now it's time for our quote of the day. So a quote that I found that is in relation to the topic today is, you can't calm the storm, so stop trying. What you can do is calm yourself. The storm will pass. And that's signed by Timber Hawkeye. We super appreciate our audience taking the time to listen today. If you have any comments or feedback, we would love to hear it. Definitely try out our sandwiching of comments when leaving us feedback. You can find more on sandwiching in our first episode. For more episodes, please feel free to follow our podcast called Illuminate Mental Health.